We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, after a 26-16 to 16 loss to the Arizona Cardinals, Carolina falls to 1-3 over the first stretch of this season. And we're here to talk about with you in a little rapid reaction show on the Roar Podcast. John Ellis here. Billy Marshall's idea on this one, hey, credit to him, got together with me and said, hey, let's have a little conversation tonight, put it out there as a podcast. So here you go. Billy Marshall leads us here into the Roar Podcast Rapid Reactions Carolina versus Arizona. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of The Roar, brought to you by Blue Wire. I am your host, Billy Marshall. And joining me after a Carolina Panthers loss against the Arizona Cardinals, John Ellis. John, what's up, bro? Well, Billy, uh, not good. Not good for the Panthers, not good for the fan base, not good for a number of people. Uh, but other than that, family's good, life is good. So let's uh, let's get down to what the hell happened today. Why don't we do that? Yeah, this is going to be like a rapid reaction because this game is – very fresh in our minds. Um, I watched it live with all of you and I posted clips on my timeline for those of you who follow me. Uh, I decided to do that because there was not much else going on during the 4 p.m. slots. I'll probably do it next week too uh, because they have their play at 4 p.m. But I think the first thing that stands out is overall, this was an extremely sloppy game of football. And I'm just I just refuse to like, like there's obviously some defensive plays you can credit on both sides. But to me, this was more sloppy offensive football than anything to do with defense. Uh, But since we are a Panthers podcast, let's focus on them. I mean, the same issues continue to show itself. Now, I I think the biggest disappointment from this game is the quarterback is completely like shot. I just, this is bad. Yeah, you have to start there, Billy. Uh, You and I are nothing but fair. Uh, We look at the tape every week. We haven't had the chance to do that yet. So what we're going on here, with probably some well-directed emotions, but but also just fresh in our minds from the broadcast view of what happened today. Billy, it's not getting better for Baker. It's the same stuff we were concerned about. And I didn't have my eyes open to it probably as much as I should have. I don't think a lot of people did that it would be this much of an issue consistently in terms of the jitters, the footwork, 
the inability to hit just a standard seven route with accuracy. Uh, one would think perhaps that when you start to have maybe four or five balls batted down in a half in your opening game, you start to develop some tendencies as a passer. Perhaps that's leading to some of these overthrows. I don't know. Typically, Baker has not been Aaron Rodgers' laser sharp. Baker has had better years than this. He's also been in a system that is far greater than this in terms of insulating the quarterback. So take that for what it's worth. He was not good at all. I'm, I'm a little surprised, Billy. I thought it would be cleaner than this through four weeks. I thought the offense would start to gel and develop, if not an identity, at least some consistency. Seven points came from a Frankie Louvu pick six. He had three point points at the end of the half because, um, you know, to their credit, they kept all three timeouts and they executed that drive pretty well. Um, I have just some questions there. Tremble could have done some things better in that situation to give themselves even a better shot. But um, and then the last six points came in garbage time after the he, Cardinals outscored you. What what was it like twenty three points or something? Yeah, they outscored you. Yeah, 23 so what's something. so so what's what's Baker doing different there? Well, people are saying, John, what? Well, part of that's what the defense is dictating. I mean, you're you're getting a little more comfort there in terms of coverage and looks, and things open up a little bit, and maybe Mayfield's a little more relaxed. But really, I'm not going to overanalyze that last drive other than the fact that McCaffrey got a little more utilized in the passing game. Half of his yardage came on that one catch, or those last two catches in that drive, so take that for what it's worth. Um, Baker is just, it's not looking good, man. The protection, there were some things up and down we'll talk about. Um, But him on his own, and I'm glad you started with that, there are some really bad things going on in terms of missing just basic intermediate stuff. I mean, this has got to stop. I mean, yeah. And I, I don't see how with him. It, 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 and see, the, the thing is, Billy, just one point. I'm sorry. It's rapid fire mode. I'm going to turn the floor back over to you. Getting a lot of pushback on, on the Twitter timeline about, you know, it's time to give Sam another look. Well, fair enough. I, I still think Sam's hurt, by the way. Um, I, I don't think people quite remember what we saw on tape from like the New England game on last year. Uh, Minnesota game would be a good example. Philly. I, I don't know if the answer's on the roster. So, I mean, good luck with that. Maybe, I mean, if the season gets lost, might turn into one of those things where they just start, again, if Rule plays the season out, he might start platooning and running through things and Newton might find himself back there. I have no idea, but it's very discouraging. One and three is a terrible place to be if you're trying to be a playoff team. That is a bad loss, a bad loss to a team that is not that good. They are a very marginally uh, coached team. Uh, they have talent, but two receivers were out of the game. Defense, they have been terrible on third down this year. And by the way, Carolina has been historically bad on third down over the last like 12 quarters. Uh, not good. Not good at all. Yeah, um, I just think everything was bad. Um, offensively. I mean, there were some moments that I think you can point to. Um, Iquanu had some decent moments, I thought. Uh, but the issue that just ke- keep, kept rearing its head is J.J. Watt kept lining up um, on the pan, like, you know, on Taylor Moten's side, so the right side of the offensive line. And they kept throwing towards J.J. Watt's side. At that, after like the first or second batted pass, 
How about you try to switch it up? Try to call something to uh, scheme up something on the left side yeah. or over the middle just to keep J.J. Watt honest. And so he's not consistently lining up next to Moten. And he's not even rushing Moten. He's just like containing the pocket. And he's just put, throwing his hands up and he's batting it down. It's just it was too easy for him. And I mean, credit to the Cardinals because – Mayfield, he can't roll out to his left. He can only roll out to his right, and he can't even do anything outside of that. And uh, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think Darnold's the answer. I don't think PJ Walker is the answer. I don't think Cam Newton's the answer. I don't think anyone they trade for is the answer. Um, the answer is uh, I don't even want to get into that right now. It's a longer discussion. There, I mean, there is no quarter. There's the, the corral's hurt. He wasn't going to be ready. There's nothing they can do. I like Cam Newton. I still think, you know, maybe he can give you a punch in the run game, but that is not the road they're going to travel. And Cam, I don't think he has interest. So let's lay that one down. Um, I, I'll kind of let you lead this one here in terms of where we go from the offensive flow. But I just want to mention this, that early into the fourth quarter, McCaffrey was stuck on eight rushing attempts. Mm-hmm. And I believe he finished the game with that. And I don't want to relitigate Joe Brady. I've got a tweet out there. I mean, there could be some people probably in our industry that, well, yeah, uh, yeah you know, you know, Joe needed to be fired, this and that. I'm not defending Joe Brady. I don't think he was without flaws. But, again, the idea was to get philosophically galvanized. And part of that was run the football and run it with purpose. And, my God, Willie, when you, you give McCaffrey eight carries in a game that was close when he's been effective all year. Yeah, again, I think – a lot of these splits, the run-pass ratio, they get kind of skewed in a game where you completely got out-possessed in the second half time of possession. Let me just say this. I don't think that running the football would have changed the outcome or anything success, any type of um, success rate that they had offensively. I don't I don't believe running the football would have changed the matter at all because it's the same thing that, that we went through last week and that we've discussed. It's There's just very little angles being created in the run game. Uh, the run blocking, right. especially in certain plays, it's just not getting there. McCaffrey's having to elude multiple defenders in space. And, and so it's the same thing. It, the, the concepts overall just completely bland. Uh, they have a quarterback who doesn't threaten the run game either, so that also kind of restricts what you can do in the run game. Uh, and right. and yeah, John, it just the the entire operation on offense uh, it, it was poor. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to say on that. I just my whole thing is uh, this isn't going to be better get get better because well it might get better because I don't know just sometimes you get l- lucky in certain. Um, in, in well, certain situations, yeah. but to me, I don't see this drastically improving over the course of the season. Well, not when it's regressing already, a short sample size. And that's part of the problem is <clears throat> we, we did say last week on the podcast that, you know, it was great to get a win at home. And it was. Wins matter. That's why I post today. Just find a way to get it done. And there's been some great seasons here where it's been really bad offensively in a four quarter stretch in a game. And you find a way to get through it, and those are key. Uh, I just don't think that th- there is nearly enough complimentary football going on. It is a very, very wide imbalance, about as bad as I've seen here operationally uh, in the t- years I've followed, because you've got a defense that, honestly, two of five in the red zone, that's really good. Um, they-, they were very good, I thought, against Murray for the most part in that game in terms of their rush discipline. 
they did a good job overall in terms of, I thought, just boxing that in, what they had to do to prevent those splash plays from Kyler. And at one point, Kyler was looking like the same Murray that we faced over the past couple of years, even when Ron was here, where he had career low for yard per pass there. It was like 4.8, 4.7. Anyway, the run game element, you're exactly right. Look, just running the ball for the sake of running, you know how I feel about that in this game, even in a fairly neutral situation they found themselves still uh, passing it far more than they ran it. Yeah, and, and that's going to take us to the next unit, um, the Panthers' defense. It, it's they, they were just gassed, and they couldn't really do much. Uh, before we get to the – well, actually, this is a good point, good pivot here. John, the defense in that first half, I mean, it just – Kyler and Cl- Kingsbury wanted to like come at each other's throats. You have a team here that honestly, I don't even think they like each other, the head coach and the quarterback on the, on the opposite side. I agree. And it just, Bad. it just seems like the Panthers. It, I was very confused uh, defensively. Some of their decisions there. CJ Henderson continues okay. to make some poor decisions when the ball's in the air. Um, and yeah. I I don't understand. I don't understand. I never understand why you don't put your best quarterback on their best receiver. Who's in charge of this? Is it Wilkes? Is it Snow? Is it Rule? Freaking put Horn on Marquise Brown. No, I don't care. I don't know who's in charge of it. I'm just naming whoever's in charge of it. It has to stop. You you can't. These are the type of mistakes. And then, do you want to get into the nonsensical timeout that they had to burn? Oh, God. Third and 27. Oh, yeah, exactly. Goal to go situation, by the way. Goal to go. I mean, I I can't even. Defensively, I'm not going to sit here and crucify them. But overall, from a game management perspective, it was just a complete farce what I saw at times. You put J.C. Horn on Hollywood Brown, okay? There's no need to, like, you know, galaxy brain. Yeah. My my theory here in this game, and I, I... you know, I was wrong on some of it. I, I thought they would utilize Horn as they did last week off the edge because Phil has done that dating back to last year, and I think it's an effective thing to pepper in. I thought I'd see um, Horn on Ertz a little bit because, honestly, when I looked at this matchup, Brown's a hell of a player. Um, I, I do think that they should have utilized him. Like I was looking at it, too, the same way. I, I was I was voicing a lot of opinions on on the old Twitterverse, but that was one I let you sort of run with because I didn't want to double beat down the narrative. You're exactly right. It's largely on the offense. Defensively, they were asked to, in quick change situations, quick turnaround situations, continue to go out there as they did against the Giants in the first series, as they had to last week at times, as they had to, you know, even last year at times. Mac Jones game comes to mind. I mean, the <laughs> Carolina's defense was gassed there because, you know, they had to keep coming out and bail out the offense. And they kept it somewhat competitive. This has been a theme now. There's no complimentary football. And the defense should not be excused uh, when you have things like that pop up. Frankie LeVu, you know, had a, just an outstanding game. And the, the penalty, I'm not going to dog him too bad. I mean, there was an offsetting penalty, thank goodness. The guy got thrown out. But how did the teams respond after that? Well, one team sort of ignited things. And I don't know if that had a difference or not, but it's certainly – the fact that that happened and you cannot get your personnel in and you use a timeout in the second half in the fourth quarter that could prove to be valuable and it, you know, didn't, but it could have. Uh, I agree with that. On a third and 26, uh, let's, 
let's make sure we're, we're getting our personnel in. I mean, that's, that's ultimately on the head coach. you got to have your operation tightened up to where that's not an issue. Things happen. I understand that. But if you want to win, those are things you can't do. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to blow up there. I'm just very frustrated with some of the execution and critical. Oh, and, I totally get it. I, I'm with you. Um, and yeah, overall, it don't obviously it didn't make a difference because they were down 16 points eventually. So they wouldn't have to use timeouts, but it, it's just process. why process, you... process, process. Oh yeah. hundred percent overall defensively. I mean, I thought, you know, the f- main standout Lavu, he's a good player. Just, my opinion, he does need to kind of rein in himself at times. I don't want to take away his aggressiveness, but he did not need to commit that penalty. There was a couple other times where he was uh, acting out at yeah. past the whistle. And, I mean, the Cardinals, they have every right to defend their guys. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what they did was malicious. Um, you know, it, I personally, I don't know if it's, if the offensive uh, linemen should have been thrown out look a little weak to me but i'm not gonna sit here and complain about it didn't really make a difference anyway for arizona but my whole thing is lavu just needs to kind of relax a little bit <laughs> um that's the best i can say and he's that, a good that, player well, that, yeah i agree that that if it not been for the offsetting thing that there was separate there but within the same structure of all that mess that happened that that penalty was a, an eye-opening like really bad moment like for all the good he had done I mean, he's responsible for the only touchdown this team has scored dating back to the LaVisca Chenault catch and go I mean so and you could say McCaffrey later in the game obviously but you know <laughs> yes you want your leader of the defense to have some degree of poise in that situation you cannot throw a guy to the ground like that they're going to call it every day of the week especially on Sundays Things like that that will continue to happen in games where you need that to not happen um, can kill you as a team. And uh, luckily for them, it won't be exposed as much because, quite honestly, Arizona just took the bull by the balls and won the game at the end. One team decided to stop playing as bad as the other. Some of those um, long completions, they were pretty tightly covered. They just made better throws and catches, so credit to them. Um, And... The other couple standouts defensively, I thought Burns was very active. He never really let Kyler scramble, and he was really explosive and showed some of his closing speed. He drew a couple penalties as well. Uh, Derek Brown had another strong game. So that's like three weeks in a row where he's looked pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I, I just thought th- there were some areas defensively that need to be cleaned up. The safeties, I didn't necessarily – I don't think they stood out in any way, um, good or bad. Uh, but, yeah, for me – for me, Henderson has to stop these PIs, and they have to put their best corner on there. Now, I would totally understand their direction if they had a team. If they're if you're facing like a team like the Vikings, where they have two or three good receivers, but for a team like the Cardinals, who are only really have one receiving threat, and Rondale Moore and Dorch, they're good players, but they're not at the same level as for Hollywood. So uh, that that had to that has to be remedied in the coming weeks. John, I want to close this out with just some of the discourse. Now, I wasn't at the game. Tickets were very cheap for this game, um, so that kind of tells you about some sentiment going on because 
Uh, even last year tickets were pretty expensive to come by. And to me, I think that I'm not saying this is the beginning of the end for Matt rule, but their fans are booing. You can hear it loud and clear through the TV. Um, their reporters are saying fire rule, all this stuff. I'll let you close this out with, you know, whatever your thoughts are on this situation. I want to be careful here. Um, because we, this is a snap reaction podcast tonight. I'm sure folks will appreciate our, our passion for what we think is right and wrong with this team. And we, we stand by all of it. Um, today was, was Sam Mills appreciation day at the stadium and, and his you know, widow was there pounding the drum. Uh, kudos to the organization for doing it. Not a lot of throwback elements. I thought the font was, it felt like a cool kind of thing. I, I made it a point today to detach that from the results, not to get into a trap of saying, how dare they let Sam Mills' family down? We're, we're not going to do that, okay? Because these are all guys playing for their, their paychecks, playing for their lives, playing for their next jobs. These, these are pros trying to do the right thing in terms of what they're doing on the field. They don't always do it right, especially on offense. There's responsibility all across the board for that. But it was a disappointing atmospheric dive uh, from what felt like a really energetic first maybe 20, 30 minutes of that game where, okay, we know Baker's going through the usual Baker stuff. We see more a little bit more involved in the passing game. though. that's good. McCaffrey will eventually get his. And boom, there's Frankie LeVu picking off the, 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 the Kyler Murray pass, making up for what he did wrong against the Giants and dropping it. And a pick six, I don't remember the last time they had a pick six. I know they had a defensive touchdown with Chen in 2020. Now you got two defensive touchdowns in two weeks. That's excellent. You build on that energy-wise. And I told people online today on Twitter, I said, if the offense continues to stay in second and forever and then third and forever, I've seen this script play out. It's a 10-0 lead, and Arizona will wear this thing down and chip away, and sure enough, it happened. And now Matt Rule, as the head coach of this team, I don't endorse chanting, firing anybody. It's a waste of energy. The owner's going to do what he does. All right? Be a fan. Do what you want to do. I don't judge it, but I'm not out here endorsing it. Do what you want. But you know the stat now. You score less or at 17 points if you're the Panthers. They have now lost 24 in a row where they've scored 17 or less points as a team. Um, That's the one that stands out most to me. So on a day that, you know, again, the Carolina Panthers had an opportunity to go into the NFC stretch in the second leg of the season with some confidence and a little bit of chin up and a little bit of okay in the conference. And within this division, we're in a decent spot. Now you're looking up at Atlanta all of a sudden and, and be it more important than that. You got to focus on who you are and what you're doing. And the offense is broken. Uh, I don't know if it's beyond repair, but, what can they do that they're not doing right now that can be accomplished within a couple of days or a couple of weeks? This is the system. This is their choice. This is the scheme. This is their quarterback. So you live with it. And we'll continue to go through this process every week. I just feel bad for fans, man. Like I said last week, uh, I don't want to see anybody get fired, but I don't want the team to keep losing. Yeah. I mean, that was well said by you, John. For me, I'm just at the point where I just don't care about any of the coach discourse. They made their decision last January when they decided to retain him, and things would have been difficult 
things would have been difficult to in, in finding a quarterback upgrade. Uh, things were difficult in finding an offensive coordinator upgrade, and you're seeing that play out. And so at this point, John, it just comes down to letting the string play out. And I don't think DJ Moore is getting traded. Maybe Christian McCaffrey might get traded. I don't know. I'm not reporting anything. I'm just throwing stuff at the wall. But I don't see DJ Moore, who just signed a contract extension, get traded. So. Uh, I understand that, you know, some fan bases of other NFL teams, they might want him, uh, but I don't see that being logical given the financial ramifications of what the Panthers would have to go through if they did trade him. Um, So for me, I just think that this is a very, it's the same situation they were in last year. And it it really just, it's unfortunate, um, but they have a game next Sunday late afternoon against the 49ers, a much better team yeah. than the Cardinals, yeah. but you have the benefit of facing the 49ers coming on the East Coast after a Monday night game. Um, I don't really have the data to back it up, but it just seems like a West Coast team traveling on a short week could be in their benefit, could be to their benefit. So we'll see how it goes, John. Um, I wanted to do this well, pod because we had a lot of fresh thoughts, but is there anything you want to finish with well, before we sign off? Well, I did have a question for you, and, and you're comfortable to, to sort of wait till tomorrow when we repod because you haven't seen the film, but you saw the game. Your, your thoughts on what we've talked about with the, the offense in general? I know that the schematics are always different week to week, but do, do you still get the sense that it's, you know, where, where are you at with Ben? Is it kind of just status quo, or did anything flash out to you watching the game live that was different that made you feel better or worse about it? Where are you at with all that? Yeah, I mean, the thing I already mentioned is that when J.J. Watt continues to line up in the same location, maybe stop throwing it where he's located. Maybe try to go over the middle. That way, you know, it just became too easy for Watt, who's in a very experienced, and he's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. And so it just like he's not rushing the passer on purpose. Like he could have maybe had a couple sacks if he wanted to, but he just kept throwing his hands up. And batting it down because they knew that the Panthers would run some type of concept to the right side. And you should do that. It, you know, running concepts to the quarterbacks, um, to their dominant hand side, yes. it's, it's pretty common. But still, you have to keep a defense honest. I don't think they did a good enough job of it. The issues elsewhere offensively, I mean, they're the same issues that we've talked about uh, for the first three weeks. It's the run concepts are not creating enough pre-snap and post-snap to create angles. And just the overall run blocking isn't really executing well. And then the pass concepts are very vanilla and bland. I just didn't see much, but today I I felt that Darnold left a lot of, or excuse me, Mayfield left a lot of throws in the field. And so, yeah, today I think the offensive issues can be put uh, to blame on the quarterback's part. But again, this is without all 22, I'm just watching it live just like you guys did, but I'll, I'll be, very curious to see what I discover. And I appreciate that. No, I, I, cause I always enjoy your kind of fresh perspective right after the game. Uh, Baker has, I, I think been through some stuff and I get that, but I don't know if it's been like this in his career where he's coming off the surgery. Everything's fine. There's been no reports of any setbacks. You come into a system that shouldn't be that hard to learn and operate. You've got decent weapons around you. These guys, are getting where they need to get when they need to get there. Not always, but enough. 
And the offensive line, for the most part, has been better, especially in the middle uh, blocking. Not always, but better than it was middle last year. Mayfield has never really been through this in Cleveland early season, looking really, really incompetent as an intermediate passer outside the numbers. And I don't know if that's something that gets better overnight. I just I have concerns about that. And they can't go places if their quarterback can't do the things that he didn't do today. So hoping they can figure it out, but it's a long climb. This is not a very good team they got beat by today. So I'll be interested to see how they do against Frisco. Yep. And they are now 1-26 under this head coach when the opponent scores at least 17 points. Thank you, everyone, for joining on this rapid recap that we just kind of decided to do last minute because we really wanted to get our thoughts out and it was important after a game like this so uh, we'll be back with our regular pod this week and we'll do a preview pod of the 49ers as well Um, that's it for tonight john thank you again for joining and uh we'll see you guys next time